0: Hello and welcome to the Ed Surge podcast, where we look every week at the future of learning. I'm Jeff Young. I'm an editor and a reporter here at Ed Surge. Teachers these days often turn to social media and to podcasts to find community and to unwind. That means educators are spending a lot of time following other teachers on Instagram or TikTok, or listening to podcasts where other teachers share tips. Joke about their classroom experiences, or vent their frustrations. It all adds up to a kind of virtual teacher's lounge, a space where educators can share their experiences beyond their classrooms, and a way for teachers to feel they have a greater voice and more agency. But it turns out that documenting your teaching life online can bring big challenges, as well as unusual opportunities. That's the case for Patrick Harris II. Who arrived early to the trend of teachers making podcasts about their life in the classroom? Back in 2017, Harris was still pretty new to the classroom when he decided to start a podcast with a teacher friend in another state.
1: They called it the Common Sense Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Patrick. And it's Ania. <laughs> oh, my God. And welcome to the Common Sense Podcast, episode one. That was a clip from their first
0: episode. The two friends actually met through social media. They found each other on Instagram, where they both had a pretty large following. And they quickly found a sizable audience for this podcast that they recorded in their spare time, with about $100 worth of gear. At one point, this low-budget production was listed as one of the top 100 podcasts in education by Apple Podcasts. And the show led to a book deal, with Patrick publishing a memoir called The First Five, a love letter to teachers. And I'm happy to say he later joined Ed Serge's Voices of Change Writing Fellowship, which he's still doing right now. He can read his stuff. Over the years, Patrick's podcasting has served as a kind of serialized documentary of his life and his teaching career. I see it as kind of a coming-of-age story of what it's like to be an educator in today's tech-infused world. But there was one podcast episode he did that got Patrick in trouble with his principal, in an incident that nearly derailed his career, as you'll hear. I connected with Patrick recently to hear the ups and the downs of his journey and to find out what he has learned from all of his social sharing. I started by asking Patrick, why did he even want to start a podcast in the first place?
1: The podcast really evolved at the same time online, social media, teacher communities were like coming up right? So that we know about teacher Twitter, we know about Instagram, Twitter, those were like the main two. And there was also this like movement of reflective teachers, right? (laughs) Also the birth of influencer teachers, meaning these are teachers who are using social media every day to process what they are doing in the classroom. This is when teachers were posting their lessons and setting up cameras in in the back of their rooms and filming their students in class discussions and 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 I'm not talking about the sensational stuff that's happening on social media. I'm talking about like real life teachers being like this is what we talked about today. Like film me giving this lecture or like film this what's going on in real time. And so we were seeing teachers reflect, you know what I mean? And share their lesson. This is at the time that teachers pay teachers became a thing, right? So like teachers being in the driver's seat of sharing their own experiences. So I was on Instagram and I was, you know, posting every day. This is what we did today. Look at me making copies.
0: How, right? new, like, how new to teaching were you at that point? Where were you in your teaching journey? Uh,
1: Oh, I was uh, in my third year, and and Antonia was in her second.
0: And you were and, where, not not naming the school, but like in what city and what, what was your environment?
1: I was uh, teaching at an all-boys school in Southeast D.C., and she was teaching in Houston. And we were, uh, yeah, and so Antonia and I would talk, you know, like via DMs. I'd never met her, but like, you know, like the teacher communities were like being built. And so we would, you know, talk and converse and say, you know, hey, what's going on? How you doing? Or like, did you see that teacher talk about this today on the social media? What'd you think about that? This take is so trash, right? Like, or like, you know, uh this schools is like portraying themselves to be this, and like, you know, like 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 all the things that were mattering in this little bitty bubble of a community we were talking about often. Um and so Yeah, I just asked her um, because I had been thinking about doing a a podcast with some friends in D.C., but it 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 wasn't really working out. Um, And so, like, I just asked her since I talked to her every day. We talked every day. um, I said, "Do you want to just do this podcast with me?" And she said, "Sure." And so we bought Blue Ice microphones off Amazon. We bought headphones and. uh, that's how the Common Sense podcast was born because we just thought, you know what? Some of this stuff that people are arguing about online, it like it just has to like we got to see it as common sense. It's just common sense.
0: Common sense. So you you are you are dishing out the common sense. That's why you named it that.
1: That we were dishing out the common sense very very real and raw. <laughs> Here is a clip from that very first episode. Welcome everybody to our first episode like I'm so excited about this we've been talking about this for so many weeks and now it is finally here we get a chance to interact with the people and unfiltered unfiltered (laughs) yes
0: so, and wait, you said you hadn't met this person who is your best friend. How did you connect at all? Like, how did you find
1: her? DMs, literally just like the algorithm of Instagram um, brought us together. And she had a, she had an Instagram, uh, a teacher Instagram at the time. And I loved following her for kindergarten content. And then she followed me for whatever I was running right my mouth about. And, you know, like we just have very similar views and a, a very similar cadence Um, and I want to say the first time I talked on the phone with her was when we were doing our first episode.
0: Oh my gosh. I love the story. Uh, Roughly how many followers did you have at the time? Just to kind of give a sense of like this.
1: On Instagram? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I probably had maybe 2,000 followers on Instagram, probably eight probably less than that probably like 6 or 7000 followers on twitter um and so now i have still not that much like eight so 7000 followers on instagram and over 15000 on twitter
0: well more than me so <laughs> no it's great that's awesome so i i'm curious about so so you know the, you found each other through this burgeoning world of teachers, like you said, sharing their lives in real time, their, their yes. professional lives, yes. and frustrations and raw rawness. So you you do the podcast, and how would you like? What give me an example of like a, a a good kind of like a key moment from the first episode
1: or two? So the first clip, I think we just kind of introduced ourselves and talked about. Um, kind of what brought us to education. Um, Wow, what else? I think we talked about something else Um, or like some things on... I think we talked about some trends in education that we were tired of. I don't remember. I think it was something of that nature. But from that moment, I just remember like cracking up. Like we were just laughing because we were talking trash. Like, Like it was not... I don't think it was like we had the intention to be educational. I don't think we had the intention to be experts. What was the intention? The intention was just to have a space to process and to be real because we thought that there were so many teachers online who were being fake and who were like showcasing their classroom in, like, such a manufactured, like, way, like... This in toxic way that positivity we'd Toxic about. positivity, and, like, everybody was experts, right? Like, oh, look at me, and look at these things that I'm doing in, in my classroom, and, in, in you know, Ron Clark Academy, and they're doing these, like, over-the-top, you know, things. Like, everybody just was seeking this validation. And we were talking to ourselves, like, it's not that pretty, you know what I mean? And so, like we just i kind of felt like we were trolling at first jeff to be honest like and then like we were like i think we're just kind of trolling but we were it, it was just a banter a back and forth banter there like it our our intention was just to tell the real story the side of teaching that people don't want to talk about um and between her texan you know accent and like my obnoxious laughs you know like and And us just being real and honest about our experiences, like it just kind of took off. I remember um when we launched the podcast, like we got like five hundred views in like twelve hours, and that That's was really like,
0: hard to do for a new podcast.
1: I, the way. first episode, I was shocked. I said i I just wanted 100, one hundred one one hundred we got five hundred views, and then that doubled overnight, and then we had a thousand and this is I'm telling you it was just Angela Watson. Talk, you know, Truth for Teachers podcast. There was no, like... This is before all the big publishers were doing education podcasts. This was, like, at such a pivotal moment. And so we were like, oh, my God, people are listening? Uh, Okay. And so then we kind of created a structure to to the podcast. So we started off with, like, I was doing these really cringy games at the beginning. And then we would... um, talk about whatever the the topic of the day is based on whatever we had experienced in education that week. And then we would answer questions from the listener. And then Antonia, who is like a bookstagrammer and a book guru, she would like bring in a quote that we would reflect on to take us out. So then it just kind of took off from there. Um, And we were sort of known for being like this duo, you know, that people went to to like just be affirmed in the parts of education that weren't instagram Pretty,
0: I love it. Yeah, so wow, not Instagram pretty. That's great. And how roughly, how often did you come out, and how long was it?
1: We were a, a, a weekly podcast uh, for wow. uh, from August all the way up until December. Cool.
0: Okay, so you, so you're doing this as a labor of love, like you said. Yes. It's not about advertising. It's not about. It's, and it's not about like you said, being an expert to get consulting gigs or anything. You're
1: like, no, we, we were not getting no consulting off of this off of this podcast. Oh my God.
0: So how did this inform your teaching, this experience of sharing your with the the professional
1: community every week? Right. That's a good question. Um, I think it definitely made me more reflective, right? like, it made a lot of sense of things. Uh, It helped me to make sense of what I was experiencing that day, right? Me and Antonia never talked about what happened in the classroom prior to the podcast. So nothing was scripted. It was all real and in the moment. And I have such a grow like such a, I have such a respect for Antonia. Um, She is so much, like she is so instrumental into who I am as a teacher today um, because of those, like, real conversations that we had, right? Like, you know, she was so um, affirming to me, and she just, like, you know, like, you can do that, or, like, that's okay, or, like, that's not okay, or, like, here's the books and research, and, you know, like, like like I'm such an emotional person, and so she was so helpful to me um, and, and, like, such a great thought partner, so I could then go back into the classroom and have you know, the the quote and the research to back up what I was doing or thinking, because cause I knew I felt right about those things, but I just, I just needed some thoughts um, uh, to bounce things off. And I think it just helped me to really appreciate reflection, right? As teachers, we do not get an opportunity to reflect on what it is that we do every single day, right? Because we're always worried about the next book, the next unit, the next semester, the next school year, Jeff, right? Like there's hardly ever time for me to sit back and say, oh my gosh, how did that lesson go? What am I feeling? How am I processing what my administrator just said to me, right? Like I am really lost and confused. And so this was like a weekly moment for me to just like think about my my experiences um as an educator so i i strengthened my teacher identity. my teacher voice got louder, you know what I mean, and more confident um and my classroom practices i felt um like I was able to be more innovative right because I was able to like come up with new ideas on the spot while I was reflecting and thinking about what I wanted to do um on this podcast and so um that like like that just became uh a uh, um a good reflective weekly practice for me.
0: What do you think the listeners were getting out of it then?
1: <laughs> they were getting uh, lots of laughs uh, for so many teachers. They they were like, this is such like a break from the boring PD that we have. So many teachers wrote into us asking us for advice uh, on how to handle misbehaviors, how to handle conflicts with administrators or colleagues, how to handle talking about hard things in the classroom, right? Like, they were able to um, have a best friend in their pocket, two best friends, right? And I think that that is so necessary. Um, That teacher bestie, right? We don't... (laughs) I think it's so important to note that teachers stay in the classroom because we have a community of people who know what we're going through. Um, And I think that we were able to be that for, you know, 10,000 monthly listeners. And I think that that was incredible. I I
0: like how you put it as like PD that makes you laugh. It's not a traditional PD and that you weren't like you said that you weren't saying like, here's how we here's how to do it. But at the same time, you're showing how you went through something hard. It sounds right.
1: Funny. Absolutely. I mean, it really is a prerequisite to my book, you know, because it really amplifies this this mantra that I, that I shared that the best PD are stories, not strategies. Um, and it's not just us ranting. Well, sometimes I did rant, you know, when Anthony would say, go ahead and preach. You know what I mean? You, uh-oh, you about to start preaching. Sometimes I did. But all of that, you know, was accompanied by a real, true, honest story that I was experiencing um, in the classroom in real time. Um, and so the idea of hearing a story, not just a strategy, not just a uh, someone telling me what to do, right? But we were hearing the why we should be doing it, you know, how it can be done, uh, what are the limitations, right, that come with taking a risk, Um I think that that was also equally seen as valuable in our podcast.
0: No, I appreciate that. It's really interesting. Okay. So you were doing it every week, but there was a dramatic moment. It sounds like for you professionally, that was unplanned um, as a result of the podcast. So tell me when in the life of the podcast, what was and what happened?
1: Pretty early on, I feel like when I think about it, uh we started the podcast in August, and um, what year again sorry two two thousand and eighteen um, and this was <laughs> October Anthony and I went to a conference together, and this was our live episode. Uh, that we recorded in uh, one of our hotels, <laughs> and uh, that that was our first time recording not remotely, so that was like pretty wild. And we were uh, just finished. We we had just returned back from a session with Mark Lamont Hill, who had us all kind of fired up around this idea of what it means to be a leader. And what it means to uh, honor those who are on the ground doing the work. And at at the time, I was experiencing a lot of hardship with my principal, who was new. And this sort of culture of fear that I felt like she was um, setting in our building. Um, And so... I remember on the episode before we recorded, I sort of was talking to Antonia about how, um, what schools will be like if we didn't have them, right? What, like, 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 what is the purpose of a principal? Do we really need principals, or are they just representations of a corporate ladder that create unnecessary hierarchy um, in our school systems, right? That belittle mm-hmm. teachers. Um, and I wrote about that in, on S-Search, so you can talk about that uh, or read that, read more of that there. But I just remember I was angry at the time because I had loved my school so much. And I'm not going to lie, I felt a little cocky at the time because we had so many listeners. I felt very com- confident and comfortable on the podcast to talk in a banter that was really just true to myself. And um, yeah, like on the podcast, I said schools will be better without principals. And I never mentioned my school or my school leader by name, but the podcast was the most popular episode um, because so many teachers experience um, conflict between their administrators. And I sort of was talking about my experience because this was my third school now in three years. And I talked about the other conflicts that I had with my other administrators. And I Sort of was talking of you know, alluding to a conflict that I was experiencing in in real time. Here is a taste of that moment from his podcast. I work for four principals now. Three out of those four principals have presented themselves to me as managers, not mentors, not people who have said, "Hey, I'm going to guide you on this journey." Um, but are they supposed to? I'm wrestling with with this. Like, should I expect? For my principal to mentor and guide me and walk me through. and But if they don't, like who does? You can't expect that to fall on your fellow teachers either. I know we have mentor teachers who help you like your first year. But while we do help each other and we share and we collaborate and we lean on each other, I would never expect a fellow teacher to provide the type of mentoring I would expect from someone who is in a quote unquote leadership position on my campus. Okay, back to our interview here. And I sort of was saying things in a very real and raw way. Um, And somehow, some way, I don't know who or how or why, but my principal got a hold of that podcast, um, you know, and fired me on the spot because of it.
0: Even though you didn't name the principal?
1: Even though I didn't name the principal, um, but they felt like because the podcast was popular and because my principal was trying to establish authority, and because um, um, my ideals were conflicting to what they were trying to do culturally at the school, that... Um, and, and because I was unapologetic about what I said, that I I did not belong at that school at that time.
0: Um, and,
1: yeah, it sounds like... This was a surprise, it sounds like. Oh, my God. It, it came after a field trip. It was so random. We t- we took a field trip to the National Geographic uh, Museum in D.C., and I got back from that museum, Jeff, and they were like, hey, can you come check out, you know, come talk to us in the office after, you know, the class is done. I'm like, okay. You, you know, I'm confident. I got, I'm, a, I'm in my dream school. Got got the dream podcast. Like, I was I felt untouchable really and um yeah so that really caught me by surprise when she played the podcast in front of me and I was just like <laughs> whoa that was so awkward you know because I think I like cussed in the clip that she played um and yeah it, it was it was it was a very awkward moment and I will never really get over the the hardship that I felt, because I had to leave the building that day. I had to pack up my stuff that day. I never got a chance to say goodbye to my kids. Um, and I had... I was locked out of my email automatically. I... um and then they were sending these like really cryptic emails to faculty and staff and to the community about why I was no longer employed, which really put a damper on my name um, and my reputation at that school. And but, But mainly, here's the thing, Jeff. Mainly that firing had me questioning like who I was, right? Because so much of my identity at the time right? Was like, this is Patrick, the teacher, President Pat. You know what I mean? Like, this is who he is. And so much of my worth was wrapped up in the persona that I had created for myself online, right? Like, so much of who I was and the worth that I had created for myself was wrapped up in my job as a teacher. And it took me three Three, three times, three times of trying to find a school that I finally felt like I could be my authentic self at, that I could teach what, what I wanted. You know what I mean? I could teach who I felt like needed me, you know? Um, and so I felt like she kind of ripped my heart out of my chest. I felt like she sent me on a path of confusion. Um, and I was just like lost. I, I was literally lost. Um, and I, you know, immediately fell looking back on it into like this, like, like, like this, like depression, you know? Cause I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? Um, does it mean the podcast is over? Did it mean, what did you do with the podcast?
0: I mean, I believe me, I'm no sure choice. you had bigger, bigger things on your mind, but, but you did, I- you kept going.
1: I had no choice but to talk about it on the the podcast because and and Antonia and I went back and forth about it. But I was like, listen, I have to talk about it. The podcast is a real and true, honest account of our daily experiences. I cannot hide this from them. Yep. I've got a clip for you. So I want to let you know that I've been at home (laughs) this week because I was terminated in the middle of the year. And I know people are like, oh my God, why? 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 And the <laughs> and um it is because of this podcast. Um, you know, you and I have shared some really bold ideas on yeah. the podcast. We've talked about some things that um Really disrupt the current system of education. We are really reimagining what education, public education, can be like for all children, but really the most marginalized children in our country. Um, and I think I can speak for you when I say that, like, you know, education is, you know, a roadmap to freedom you know yep. us. and in order to get to freedom we got to do some things that are different and so i was terminated generally because of some ideas that i've shared on this podcast that did not align allegedly align with school um values um, or people didn't agree with the things that were said.
0: Okay, now back to my interview with Patrick.
1: <laughs> and uh, again, our well, one of our most popular episodes because it just was real. And so many teachers came out and said, I've been fired in the middle of the year too. I know the trauma of that. I know what that feels like. And like at the time, it's just like there were not compelling narratives out of teachers talking about their real experiences. And um and the and I'll never forget the amount of people who flooded my DMs and said, Well, where do you want to teach? You do you want to come to Ohio? Do you want to come to New York? Do you want to go to Pennsylvania? Do you like, you know, like we need teachers everywhere and so many people in my community that I had built from the podcast rallied around me and said, We will take you. Um, but I at the time was dealing with the identity crisis, and so I felt like I needed to one up, like the like like the people. I couldn't just teach anywhere, so I had to go overseas. <laughs> I had to go overseas. How'd you get that opportunity? F- freaking email marketing, email marketing teachaway dot com is emailing me, and um, I was just applying to random schools. And I got a call back from a school in Doha, Qatar, and I wasn't going to take it. I, w- I had a, a, um, a, a interview, which was a horrible interview. Oh, my God, the worst interview of my life at another school in D.C. Um, and so I had these two opportunities. And then there was a black girl at the school in Doha, a black American girl who went to the same high school as I did in Detroit. And so... That kind of was like the, the like the saving grace of of like no come here try it out because I had no money. Do you think I had savings from being fired? Heck no, I had no money. Um, and so like she was like, well you can come here, you'll be able to make it all back, you know, etc. And I was like, okay. So I packed up all my bags while still doing the podcast. I was telling people what I was you know thinking about, and I. Went overseas with all my things and I attempted to start over. I did this big announcement and reveal on Instagram, so extra. And I was really, you know, bringing people along for the journey. It was so crazy. I would have never imagined at the time that I started that podcast that I would then be documenting my experiences teaching overseas.
0: And did the podcast, it sounds like, did the podcast still feel like, though, it was a lift? Like, did it feel like it was getting you through this hard time in some way?
1: And so this is when the podcast started to shift, Jeff, because, and for Antonia as well, as we were <laughs> we were in such, like, a bad state mentally because of what we were experiencing at school. Because I think that she also um, was, like, you know experiencing some pushback from her school at the time and so the podcast sort of was no longer this happy space for us but it started to feel more like like that we did like that the 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 we had run out of joy <laughs> on a podcast and so because we had a reputation for telling the real we kind of dreaded doing the podcast because we knew that we had to come on here and rehash the very traumatic experiences that we were having every single week, and it wasn't getting better. Um, can I...
0: Can, can I, I I hate to, to pile on, and I hope listeners don't blame no, me for this, this question, but in a way, the podcast was the cause of your strife at this point for you professionally. Right, right. right. It was. Did you see it that way at all? I mean, like, if you hadn't been for the podcast, you probably wouldn't have gotten fired.
1: If I I hadn't been for the podcast, I would not have gotten fired. I did not see it. Well, people wanted me to see it that way. But I was just like, no. And looking back on it, like it's bigger than a podcast right like it's about teacher voice right it's about teachers not being able to speak their mind against people who are in authority figures which is so in line with the research which is so in line with the history of the modern principalship right like it's 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 a symbol of people in positions of power who want to silence folks who are on the ground that's what it really is right and so i was okay you know like looking back on it now uh oh i'm getting emotional hold on okay i'm 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 okay you know what i mean like with it um but at the time it was so hard for me um because so much of my identity was wrapped up in, in right being that being that teacher. But no, I didn't look at it. Um, I don't know. Like I, I think I was like so focused on the podcast. But I knew at the time I didn't have the language for it. Um, but I knew it was really about this idea of like principals having too much power and teachers not having enough space to share authentically. Um, I don't think I should have been fired. <laughs> no, I think that was like I such understand. A, yes. Such, yes. Such a great opportunity for her to call you know to have a conversation with me. That's neither here or there. That's like, you know, in the past. But it's really about teachers being able to share their experiences authentically.
0: You could imagine being in that situation and feeling like the podcast was the thing that was to blame. Whereas obviously, obviously that's not, that's not an automatic thing. Like something, someone else made a decision.
1: Right. And I'm 25 years old, right? Like I am a young guy. I have three years removed from being an undergraduate student, right? Like I'm learning as I go. And so, um, and innovating, you know? Um, there was no body at the time doing podcasts and mentor us, right? Like we were learning the consequences and the rewards in real time. Yeah.
0: Okay. So then you're in Qatar where yes. I guess
1: the world cup's about to be. So we'll
0: all get some glimpses. Oh in my there. God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you were there and, um, Is there a moment where, so how long, when was the next big moment for the podcast? It sounds like you said your co-host at one point kind of broke off. Was it around that time or or later?
1: So I think we had sort of, no, it was around the time um, of being in Qatar. I had fallen into such a deep depression and I remember she was also not very happy with her school at the time. And so it just did not feel good um To do the podcast, we were wrestling with how do we choose ourselves and our joy and our happiness. I was sitting underneath the covers, you know what I mean like in my air conditioned apartment and um in in Doha, you know wrestling with the fact of what i what have I gotten myself into i 'm six thousand miles away from home um and i 'm by myself. And I thought moving here would give me the jump that I needed to believe in myself again. And um, it wasn't doing it for me. <laughs> it really wasn't doing it. And so I think at some point we sort of decided that we would end the podcast. Um, and so I, we wrote this letter. Um, I think this was like 40 or so episodes later because um, some, some weeks had double episodes. And so, uh, yeah, I think we decided to like end the podcast at a particular date, um, and yeah, I think we ended it as we as we knew it, and then that's when I started to dream big about kind of reinventing it later on down the line.
0: Yeah, no, that's interesting. And so it it, it did wrap up there for a bit. Yes, as a duo, as a as a duo. Yep
1: in its original form yes
0: now did you was it was it still while you were in Qatar that you took it to the next phase or was that when you got back to the
1: states that wasn't until I got back to the states so when and so what what how did that what how did you end up back in the states what did you do next oh my god my school was crazy and I was just like I can't right like my school was nuts and like in order to be a successful international teacher, you have to have a community of people that you get along with. And I remember feeling, Jeff, like um, I didn't have a strong community to hold me through this depressive state that I was in. Being fired is trauma. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it's straight up trauma. Um, And like I, I was trying to seek therapy, couldn't really do it. And, like, being black and queer, like, put me at, at a really weird intersection. Black, queer, American. Like, being American for the first time was, was like, wild. Um, and so I often felt like I was too gay to hang out with the black Americans. And my blackness was tokenized when I, when I would hang out with the queer uh, folks from all across the world. And so I just didn't really have a space on top of my school just, like my lord, like, it was a traumatizing place because my blackness was constantly up for ridicule by my students, um, constantly um, being uh, called the N-word, constantly um, being called Drake. Now, you know, I don't look nothing like no Drake. Uh, and so, right, like, like, Constantly having to like defend myself racially was not something that I en- enjoyed. And so I felt like after experiencing trauma from being fired, after feeling depressed um, in Qatar and experiencing trauma there, that I needed to just be around people who knew me. So I had to move back home. Mm. It wasn't an easy decision though. I did try to, I, uh, <laughs> Shout out to Teach for America. I don't shout them out for a lot of things, but they had this really interesting professional development called Schools to Learn From. And it was in May, and they said that that they would fly me to a school in New York to do this two-day PD. So I was in New York for 48 hours, and then I flew back to Qatar. Um, but it was there that I was like finally got a chance to touch American soil again, and I got a chance to see my friends again. And I was like, okay, y'all, like... I got to figure out, you know, am I um, going to stay here or not? And it was there that I realized in New York, like, yeah, I'm probably going to end up moving back home. But it was a really tough decision.
0: Yeah. Okay. So you come back and you teach at another school. You're back in the States now. At yes. what point did you start the podcast again
1: and what was it now? So I uh, was like, okay, I'm, the podcast is not going to be a media company. Um, and so I, uh, turned the Common Sense podcast into Good Trouble Media, um, which housed several podcasts, um, because I knew that, um, people loved hearing stories and I wanted to position myself as, um, a podcaster storyteller. And so I created three new shows by myself, um, In which I wanted to, you know, house teacher stories. I wanted to be like the place that people go, like, went to to hear narratives, compelling narratives about teachers. The first show that I created was centered around um, examining politicians' education records. I thought that was pretty exciting. So, because when there are elections, we don't really talk about you know, what politicians think or have done for teachers and students and schools, right? Unless it's a national topic. But I wanted to, like, have a kind of a, um, um, kind of, like, exposés about these politicians. So that was one show. The second show was called, ironically, The First Five, which was about... uh, teachers in their first five years who are navigating, um, their experience. And then, um, I was doing, uh, and then I was going to kind of rebrand the common sense podcast with just myself, um, which would be sort of that weekly episodic, uh, experience that people were used to, but in a more sort of, um, heavily produced way. So this is what I would bring on other teachers to share their stories as opposed to me just sharing my experience every week. And so that was pretty ambitious of me. uh, But I tried to do that as best as I could in my parents' basement um, while I was uh, trying to get used to being back in the States um, and processing all that I had gone through in a year. Wow.
0: Um. That's a lot. And so you basically were not a teacher at that time. You were a media mogul.
1: <laughs> I guess so. I guess I was, Jeff. I was trying to be. Um, I just, yeah, with me and my blue ice, we, we, we were trying to do as best as we could. This microphone
0: um, you're talking to you right now, you did it. You were like together. You're doing she it. She has
1: come with me across the world. Um, but yeah, like, but we were able to produce some re- some some high quality content for sure, um, and I was definitely trying to be a teacher a storyteller. That is exactly you know how that sort of started,
0: and then, but. It- how did it? What, how did it go? As far as that, uh,
1: but you wound up back great. in the classroom. But yeah, so it wasn't consistent, and like that's what I kind of wrestled with for the long time. And I was like, okay, instead of doing stuff weekly, I'll just record when I can and release this capitalistic, you know, deadline, you know, due date sort of pressure I've been putting on myself. And I'll just release things when I want. I'll make a season of things. And so that's what I started to, like, move into seasons. But it wasn't really, it wasn't really consistent. So I think I recorded a couple of the episodes of The Politicians. And this was around the, was this the 2020 election? Yep, 2020 election. Um, so I think I did, like, a expose on, like, Kamala Harris and um uh uh some other folks Elizabeth Warren like all the democratic candidates who were ready who were getting ready to challenge Don, Don, Donald Trump um so I did some episodes on them but I really enjoyed um Interviewing teachers, so I did this. Really, my favorite episode of the podcast is an episode called "The Origins of Detroit Hills, Detroit," and it's a story about this woman who's a teacher. Her name's Sarita Darby, and how they she created a a non-profit organization with her students. And I sort of tell that origin story of how that started, and like that was like I was like, "Oh, this is it." So I'm kind of experimenting, Jeff. I was like, "This is it." but I released, that, I released that podcast and nothing really came of it from there because I was, like, just, like, trying to move. I'm moving out of my mom's house. My mom's so loud, so I can't really record. Um, and then from there, I was like, okay, maybe I want to interview queer teachers now. And so, like, I interviewed 10 or 8 queer teachers about their experiences. That was and kind because- of a
0: season where you did these, yeah, they're, they're, they're beautifully done.
1: There, Thank you, you so of, much. There, you
0: you talk to a, an educator each episode about their life yes. story and their kind of coming out story, right?
1: Yes, and because I have these like humongous, like I have these big, um, I have these like high standards for myself, right? So like all the sound design, Jeff, that's me, right? Like all the editing, the recording, the producing. Like the recruiting, that was me, right? You were like, the producer.
0: You were finding the guests. You're you're getting the scheduling. As that
1: it. was not I sustainable, Jeff. That was not sustainable. Yeah. Um, and so, like, while I and I still have four episodes to release, but I was proud of the work that I was able to do there. Um, and I think it really helped me to um, just just like see the necessity of like telling teacher stories and, and, to, and to see myself as a storyteller. It was there that I realized that this podcast and that the stories that I had been telling over the course of that year were bigger than myself, much, much bigger.
0: Okay, so you end up, how do you get back in the classroom from the, on this journey here?
1: So when I came back from Qatar, um, Teach for America was piloting these fellowships um and so they had a national board fellowship or something of that nature and so i was able to join that fellowship and then they placed me in <laughs> they placed me in a charter school that ended up not being a good fit and so uh then it ended up being five schools in five years because i ended up coming to this school where i'm at now um and i uh so it was then it was uh so <clears throat> yeah, basically, I joined a program through Teach for America that ended up not being a good fit. I distanced myself from Teach for America because of some backstage drama. And then I ended up coming and working at um in the, in, at an independent school where um I was finally able to be my like full, complete, authentic self. I was able to identify as black and queer and I was able to be a creative here at this school and I didn't have to give up sort of what I cared about outside of school to be a a good teacher here. Um, And so, um, yeah, the podcast sort of ended at that last school because I was feeling so overworked. Um, And, yeah, I have not picked it up since. But it just kept evolving, right? Like, I had the audience, right? by that time. Now I have like over 12,000 followers. I have, you know, over 6,000, you know, like my following basically doubled from the podcast over the course of a year, which I thought was kind of wild. Um, And when I got back from Qatar, I was, and when I thought back over the podcast and why it was so popular, um, I finally was able to talk to um, a publisher to say like, hey, um, you know, these are folks who I had been in conversation with, um, and they have been like, well, if you ever want to write a book, cause they were listening to the podcast. That was the thing. Publishers were listening to the podcast. They're like, Patrick, if you ever want to write a book, let me know. And I'm like, I don't have anything to write about right now. But when I got back, um, and I thought, you know, about this experience that I had over the last five years, teaching in five different schools and why the podcast was so popular, I was just like, oh, It's the teacher's stories. And so I was able to turn the Common Sense podcast um, and Good Trouble Media into my book, The First Five, A Love Letter to Teachers, which is a collection of short stories of all that I had been experiencing those five years of teaching. And especially in that one year of, of podcasting, I'm telling folks like, The podcast is almost like a companion to the book because some of the stories are the same, just in a written form. And now with a deeper reflection because it's now been a couple years removed. So the podcast made way for the book.
0: Wow. So in a way, then that was your you basically were able to turn it into something that did have this professional kind of output. Yeah. um, that, That kind of
1: brought it all home. Absolutely. Absolutely. And really it helped to solidify my legacy, what I hope that it would be. I know I'm twenty nine, but like when when I think about and I'm saying it as I turn thirty and I think about what a transition looks like for me at this point in my life, but I'm 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 not the same Patrick that I was when I first started the Common Sense podcast. Um, I am still the same truth teller, right? Um but I'm 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 just a little bit more adult. I've grown up, you know what I mean? Like some of my ideals are not the same. I don't give as much attention to the trends that are happening in social media, right? Like there are a lot more voices on the podcasting stage now um that you know that can do that. Um I also uh Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not the same. I am much more, um, when I think about myself as a creative, I am really invested in long form writing pieces and highly produced like teacher stories, you know, like, like, like I want to do more of that. And so I don't think that podcasting really lends itself to that space for me anymore. Um and so like I I just hope that my legacy um from the common sense podcast and the first 5 can really be that like Patrick really showed us that our that our stories matter and that our voices matter and that what we experience good, bad or ugly deserves to be told um and in a way that Um, is affirming to people on the ground, right? Not to folks who are up top, you know what I mean? And so, um, and he did all that in his closet on GarageBand and Zencaster with a $50 Blue Ice microphone and $10 Sony headphones. Um, Man, what a journey that was. Wow! Seriously, no, that's all right.
0: <laughs> well, I will say, from from what I've heard, I've really enjoyed them, and I, I'm sorry I didn't know about them sooner. Frankly, because it's, it's, <laughs> it's very, it would have been very wow. ed- Surge to interview you about these sooner if I had <laughs> if I had known about them. Um, but well, you know, there's a, a lot, out, there's a lot out there. Um, yeah. Know,
1: yeah no, and I, and I, I, yeah, I've never um I've never told this story so thank you for this um opportunity but I mean I was just sort of re- reflecting on this the other day but like at such a young age you you know teaching is already hard as it is um but I sort of like. Position, uh, positioned myself um, in the in in the in the limelight and in the, and in the front lines. And teaching requires you to be your most vulnerable self. Um, it requires you to be um, like teaching puts so much of your of your life on display you know in front of the kids that you're with but I took it a step further and put so much of my life story um on display for you know tens of thousands of people um and I'm just now realizing in this moment how crazy as hell that is <laughs> um and how <laughs> difficult that was for me at that time at 25 and 26 and 27 yeah um and and processing myself and my or processing my story and my ideals in such an imperfect way and being fired and going across the world and coming back and and not feeling good enough and, and wondering like who am i and, you know like doing that in, in front of this like Group of people is like it's hard and it's challenging, um, and and so as I think about like what's next for me, like it is just like so interesting to just look back on the journey, and I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad that I was able to do it in 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 real time with the podcast, and I'm glad that I was able to um, to reflect on that journey even further with the book, um, and so. I hope that people continue to find it um and continue to find these mediums and 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 they're able to just like see younger Patrick, you know, and just like see him in his like true authentic form. Um I hope they're able to learn something from themselves um or about themselves and and I, and I hope that they're able to affirm um that they belong in this profession. Cause I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh. Well,
0: I, I will, I will take, I will say thank you for putting these out there. Cause I do think they're, they're this, you know, enduring set of media that, that people can can still go back to.
1: Yes. Yes. And yeah. And I hope that, yeah. I, I'm thinking about what's next now because I'm like, that's the real question, you know, like I'm asking myself, you know, like, what do you do next? You know, like you did the podcast. It was well received. You you told, you know, your story from the beginning in, a, in, a, in beautiful short stories and prose, which, you know, folks can purchase. And so, like, what do you do now, you know? And I have an idea. You're teaching podcasting. And now I'm teaching podcasting, yes. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's fun. I uh, use some of the episodes as examples. as, as examples. And you can show uh, the
0: behind the scenes of, like, how you created these. Yeah, yes, got there. Yeah.
1: yes. So I'm creating a, a budding community of podcasters here at my school, which I in, enjoy. Um, but I'm also just, like, wondering, like, how do I continue to, like, Uh, uplift the stories of teachers right like I don't think that that work for me is done yet but I see myself as playing more of a behind the scenes role um, or uh, you know like more of a technical role um, and like less of being a personality but more as just like a facilitator and I have some things in the works but uh, folks will just have to stay tuned to see if they come to fruition or not
0: I love it. We're leaving them with a cliffhanger. Well, look, right. thank you so much. This is, um, it's been incredible. And I, I'd love to talk to you more about podcasting later. We got to do it.
1: because Yes, you ever, please. I know you're yes. busy, but
0: I'm uh, um, dying to talk more. And yeah, thank you so much for doing this.
1: Thank you, Jeff. And um, yeah, thank you so much for this space.
0: This has been the Ed Surge Podcast. Every week, we bring you conversations like this one. We hope you will follow the EdSurge podcast wherever you listen. You can find links to Patrick's Common Sense podcast and other related resources on our website, edsurge.com, or get it delivered to you in our weekly podcast newsletter. Just go to edsurge.com, click on the word newsletter at the top right. If you like the show, please help us spread the word on social media or tell a friend. This episode was written and put together by me, Jeff Young, and you can find me on Twitter at jryoung Young or at my website, jeffyoung.net. Music this episode by Roman Jane. And thanks to Rebecca Koenig for her editing guidance. We'll be back next week with more on the future of learning. Thanks so much for listening.